0: Funding for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Leanne S., John Dulong, and Sias Melendez. Listeners like you. Become a supporter of the podcast today at patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. Funding for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At
1: ECL Podcast. Tumblr. ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. Email. Elwood City Limits at gmail.com. And by contributions from listeners like you. Literally at ElwoodCityLimits.libson.com. Thank you. Cha-ching, cha-ching, baby. <laughs>
0: Well, um, you know, Lucas, I, I gotta gotta admit, all all the talk about it, all the hype, all of the all the business, I gotta say, I'm curious. What's going on in the NBA Finals? Oh my God, Will! I'm not I'm not happy, man.
1: Last, uh, oh, <laughs> I didn't know what you were gonna come for for the intro. I wasn't prepared. Uh, the Toronto Raptors lost Game One in Toronto against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I can't stress this enough, Will. I hate the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are my arch-nemesis. As someone who likes the Golden State Warriors, we've played the Cavaliers in the finals for the past four years, and now they're playing the Raptors, and even though they have a terrible team with no one except for LeBron James, the greatest basketball player of all time, uh, they still beat the Raptors, and I'm not happy about it. It went to overtime. Uh... I, I'm still emotionally recovering I was not expecting you to bring this up the wound's still fresh will
0: well I apologize I mean it's uh it's that time of the year and I knew that it's something you're very mm. excited about but I did not mm. I, uh, unfortunately because you know it's not exactly my scene I was not aware that such a heartbreaker was uh, was going down so my apologies for re- reopening been, that it, wound
1: it's been a rough week for yours truly will as a basketball fan and as someone who used to enjoy some Kanye West music, it's oh, been a rough week.
0: No kidding. That's a that's a, that, that that's a rough one for sure. Thank goodness uh to my knowledge, I don't believe Kanye was ever on an episode of Arthur, so we won't ever have to yeah. deal with that in any real way in the context of our podcast Elwood City Limits. Welcome everybody. Which
1: which Arthur character do you think has the most dragon energy?
0: Oh, man, man. It's like <laughs> I remember a few years ago when Charlie Sheen went publicly off his, off his rocker and uh, we got Tiger Blood over for a summer. Remember that? Oh, that's just, no. This just sma- Are you saying Dragon
1: Energy is the new Tiger Blood?
0: <laughs> I absolutely am.
1: Uh, I never even considered that, but you're right on the money. That's hilarious.
0: A, co- a co-worker a shared a quote-unquote hilarious meme involving Dragon Energy, and that's when I knew that this none of this was any good. Well, welcome everybody. Um, Kanye West or no, we are Elwood City Limits. My name is Will Young and my co-host, unfortunately a little bit saddened by the loss of the Toronto Raptors in Game 1, that's Lucas Mancini. Hello, I'll get
1: through it with this lovely episode of Arthur.
0: Always good to talk through your feelings with an Arthur episode, not just an Arthur episode, but the final one of Season 3 as we ready the approach of Season 4. Before we get into it, uh, we have ourselves a new emailer over at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com, where you can send your emails about this show, about Arthur, and about everything in between. Uh, their name is Sam. And Sam says that they just found the podcast and are trying to catch up. They're currently listening to the Arthur's dad being a Democrat theory. <laughs> oh, my that's, goodness. That's one that I keep forgetting about. But when people uh, make their way through the back catalog, that one always sticks out. I mean, it's a, it's a
1: pretty divisive subject. Hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and the farther we get away from that conversation, I remember less and less about how it came about what I said about it, all that stuff. So it's it's always kind of a little fun when it comes back
0: just to be like, what did I say about this? Yeah. Um, so Sam says, I don't know if the books count, but there's a picture from one of the books where Arthur's dad is cooking wearing a liberated partner apron. So maybe that supports oh, oh no. the theory. I don't know.
1: Is Arthur's dad a libertarian? Oh, no.
0: Oh, oh no. That would, uh-oh. Anyway, uh sam has a question and wants to know and actually asked this via facebook as well how do you feel about the new episodes the new episodes of arthur i've caught some of the newer episodes late at night the detroit area now has a non-cable 24 hours pbs kids channel and i'm split on the changes i like the addition of the two southern kids since the younger one gives dw better qualities and them fleshing out the background characters Uh, also smartphones look weird in the show and Sue Ellen's sponsored brother is changed to a pen pal. So a couple of changes that Sam doesn't like, uh, I, I responded to Sam personally and, uh, I'll say this here. I don't have a lot of experience with the new episodes. The only ones are that meme that was going around for a little bit where it's like Binky listening to the music and it's like, Oh yes, he's listening to like he's listening to death grips or something. And then he (laughs) takes off. What on earth was that? So uh, A really great use of that meme,
1: really topical, if we want to bring it back, is you could play that Kanye song that he put out where he goes scoop Diddy whoop Diddy poop Diddy scoop Diddy and then have Biggie go, what was that? I didn't I, – I'm not – I haven't even heard that one yet. Oh, my goodness. Well – see, that's – okay, sorry. Quick aside. Uh-huh. All this Kanye Twitter stuff, for me – it wouldn't be completely fixed, but it would be made better if he put out music, and the music was awesome. Except he put out music, and the music was terrible, making all of this even more terrible as a result. He literally goes scoop diddy whoop diddy, poop diddy scoop diddy, poop, poop, scoop whoop poop poop.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have a, even have the decency to like make his rhymes super tight when he's spiraling down. It's like no, it's all going bad. It's all going bad. So yeah, that's great fodder for the Binky Beam. If a Hank Hill wants to
1: say, "Damn it, Bobby, it's all toilet noises," <laughs> uh, that's a that's a free idea from yours truly. Anyway, continue on.
0: Uh, yeah, that's about it, Sam. Thank you for your email. Appreciate that. Um, and I'll just I'll just quickly say uh, what I told them. It was um, I. The only thing I've really seen is like you know bits and pieces, like a promo for the upcoming episode. The only thing I can really say is that I don't like the animation style, which I don't think is a controversial take at all. Uh, it's flash-based instead of uh, hand-drawn like we're used to, and just the the stiffness of the character's movements kind of annoys me. But then again, uh, maybe as a, if I was growing up now, then I might not notice at all. It might just be something that in twenty years I'll look back on and say, "Wow, that animation is really good." So it's hard for me to say. I try. I, I I do it a little bit here, but I try to stay away from animation critiques just because. Uh, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I just know it looks good to me, and the Flash animation doesn't look good to me.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I pretty much echo uh, your thoughts. Uh, I don't really know much about the storytelling in the newer episodes just because I haven't seen much of it. Um, And I've been similarly turned off by the animation. Not to say that all Flash animation is bad. You know, there's some modern cartoons that look really good animated with Flash. Something like a pickle and peanut, Mm. I believe, is animated using Flash. I'm not sure what they use to animate um, The Amazing World of Gumball, but that show consistently looks amazing. Um, But uh, you can tell with the new Arthur, it's got that type of motion tween animation where everybody kind of looks like a hand puppet rather than an actually animated character. And call me a snob, but that's kind of a turnoff for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But hearing the uh, storytelling changes recounted here uh, is interesting. I I like... One of my favorite things is in, in animated shows when characters kind of age, or, or not necessarily age because Arthur's always the same age, but w- when the characters change over time and the situation changes over time. And so these new southern characters and all that stuff, it, it strikes me as interesting. So um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably check it out eventually, but yes, not a fan of the animation.
0: Perhaps we will get to those episodes one day here naturally on the podcast, or uh, at least we will, I'm sure we'll find a way to talk about them in long form in some degree. That's uh, our emails over at Elwood City Limits at gmail.com. So let's get into it. It's the final episode of Arthur season three. There's no going back after this one to any lesser numbered season. Uh, We start this one off with Arthur and DW clean up. The cold open is Arthur talking about what his ideal room would be. I remember this, (laughs) this always captured my imagination as a kid because it's like, we're not talking about anything really practical. Arthur's got all kinds of wacky and crazy rooms in his, uh, well in his room, his room ends up being kind of like its own like mansion in and of itself. He's got like an arcade, a roller coaster room, Uh, a wobbly room that's just a very good for bouncing and it's all self-cleaning so some very very good uh imaginative things here that he's thinking of
1: a couple things about this one arthur's wearing a smoking jacket (laughs) for some reason i i guess that's just the universal uniform of a rich person with a big house is you wear a smoking jacket all the time uh another thing is much like yourself I remember, like, it, capturing your imagination is a really good way to put it. I remember being totally fascinated by the wobbly room as a kid. Because it's not just like, you know, a big room that's like made out of bouncy castle or bounce house material or, or trampolines. It's a like a room made out of gelatin. It's a, a really unique looking thing that I don't think I've ever seen represented in anything else. And I remember even as a kid I'd be like, wait, these five seconds, I want to know more about the wobbly room. Uh, so yeah, it captured my imagination as well as a as a as a youngin.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it it is very multicolored. So the first thing you you see, you think, at least for you and me, it's that. Oh, it's it's just uh, it's jello, eh? Um, yeah, it's it's just a, a just a neat thought exercise that I definitely did when I was a kid. Don't remember. Uh, what exactly my rooms would be, uh, to, to go along with what you said about the smoking jacket, there's also like harpsichord music playing a lot, (laughs) which again is like a almost stereotypical rich person kind of, uh, uh, signifier there. So I thought that was funny too. Um, it's like Arthur's got that Jeff Bezos money. (laughs) I'm just looking at a tweet right now about Jeff Bezos. As a matter of fact, Uh. it's funny how you, you and I kind of end up with synchronicity (laughs) here and there. Um And then and then it ends with uh, Arthur being told to clean his room and he's like, I'm working on it, but he's working on making a new room, not on cleaning the one he has. Uh, the episode itself is starts off with Arthur being hyped up for Happy Crazy Wow Day. So yeah. th- so we've had some good names like uh, I think it was last episode we talked about the big jamboree and now we've have Happy Crazy Wow Day. Do we ever
1: get any sort of idea of what Happy Crazy Wow Day is?
0: We do get uh, a look at the end of the episode where it's like, it just seems to be a general kind of fun day at the park for kids. Like, oh. of all the of all the activities and whatnot. So it just looks like a activity day, maybe put on by like some sort of company or something. Or maybe just something that they do every year.
1: It's like the spring fair at a, at a elementary school or something. Yeah,
0: something like that. It's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty good name. It's it's definitely something that would attract me as a kid, and it se- seems appropriately happy, crazy, and wow. Um, so Arthur and his friends are going to go play soccer down there while they watch them set up. It's almost like it's almost like almost there's elements of a circus in there as well. If they are like taking time to set up because it's happening the next day, uh, and Arthur uh, goes to get his soccer ball, but is reminded that he has to clean his room. Uh, His room is so messy to the point that Pal is nearly buried alive under just the random garbage in his room. Mom gives him the death stare before he goes out and just like, I'll clean it tonight, I promise. And manages to beg off this one time of cleaning his room. Uh, We jump cut to the the night and we get another uh, TV show. That is not Bionic Bunny. It's not Dark Bunny. It's something that I don't think we see again. It, Arthur is watching a show called Alien Zoo Squad.
1: Yeah, I was trying to parse out more info about Alien Zoo Squad. I, it, the guy who's tied up—is he like a firefighter? He looks—he
0: looks, he looks kind of like <laughs> like a rescue hero a little bit, and he's oh, being God. menaced by a um, a cat, like a cat with like a sort of dracula cloak and he's very well spoken reminds me a little bit of frieza but i have uh, dragon ball z on the brain these days
1: <laughs> me as well that's funny that you mentioned that i did i didn't even think about that but i guess he's a little frieza-esque in the way he speaks
0: he's very well spoken i think his name is max i th- I, I heard the lead guy say that at some point point. Uh, it's also he's very well spoken to the point that this is where I learned where the word commodious comes from. Mondo
1: commodious.
0: <laughs> uh, this is where Arthur is told to go to go to his room and clean it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, so he gets an idea. This this was. Uh, um, you know, sometimes there are dated aspects of the show. This one is actually very charming where Arthur the only way that he can watch the show is by calling Buster and asking him what's going on. I can't say I, I can't say I ever did this, but I can see the need for it but with, in a one television household.
1: One time I was like grounded or something so I couldn't leave my house and it was the same day that uh Metal Gear Solid 4 came out, and I had to call my friend Josh and ask him to describe what Metal Gear Solid 4 was like to me. (laughs) Uh, Besides that, though, I can't really relate to this. I would just tape the show and then clean my room. I think that's one of those things that come with adulthood is you realize that putting off cleaning your room, like, if you just clean your room, it'll be over with. As someone who only cleans the house when they feel like cleaning the house, because that's what being an adult is, Hmm. I clean the house quite often because it's like, well, I clean for maybe an hour, an hour and a half. I have a pretty small apartment and then it's done. It's clean. It feels good. But this is something that for some reason, and I remember being like this, too. Trust me, uh, kids just would rather would rather put it off than uh, just kind of buckle down and get the job done.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard to relate to now as an adult, but uh, as a kid, definitely cleaning seemed like a mountainous task which, which mm-hmm. these days it isn't, but uh, again, I look forward to uh, arguing with my potential kids about cleaning a ro- cleaning a room that shouldn't be this hard to make them clean. What uh, is that Greek guy who
1: would roll the, the
0: boulder up the hill oh, and uh, he had to do it forever? S- Sisyphus.
1: Sisi- yeah, it's Sisyphian. It's Sisyphian. Oh my God, I can't say that. It's, but whatever it is, it,
0: it's, it's, you feel like Sisyphus as a kid trying to clean your room. It's not hard. Sisyphian. All right, it's, sorry, 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 sorry. it's not easy, I meant to say. It is a difficult
1: I was, word to say. I was going to say, whoa, so, Will, sorry. sorry. All right, no, <laughs> the, the,
0: it's early, but the cat claws aren't coming out, I promise. Uh, <laughs> so then Arthur gets the idea because Buster's not really good at describing the show. Uh, he, he's too wrapped up in it. And of course, this is uh, because he may miss this one-time airing of this show uh, back back when that was a problem rather than, oh, just uh, skip back 20 minutes in Netflix or just pause it. Um, <laughs> can't pause TV back in 1999. Or, well, maybe you could. I think maybe TiVo was around then, but that was uh, prohibitively expensive. So then Arthur gets the idea to watch the show from the next house over with binoculars, and then he gets Buster to put the phone by the TV.
1: This is a great moment because Arthur's got an incredible line where he goes, I may be as smart as the brain. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's just so proud of himself to be able to concoct this solution instead of, again, just cleaning his room.
0: Yeah, that that, that was a good line. I wrote that down, too. And then we cut to the next day where Arthur is getting ready to go to Happy Crazy Wow Day, and Mom's like, you're not going anywhere until you clean your room. And, of course, eventually, with his phone binocular scheme, he gets found out because Mom needs to use the phone. And then, of course, my question was, I can't believe he didn't clean up his room that night. How hard can this be? But we kind of already talked about that it's, it's just like I figured that he would have done it after getting caught you know
1: but maybe she didn't realize till the next morning like he literally like stayed in his room under the guise of cleaning his room all night long well, and then went to bed yeah that's
0: possible uh, the next morning uh, uh, or, sorry as I said uh, mom tells Arthur he can't go until he cleans his room and then DW laughs at him and then mom says that she has, she has to clean her room as well um, and they're both really not into this idea of course as kids generally aren't uh but then dad has an idea uh that they can put their heads together and clean their rooms together arthur and dw i love he says
1: he says uh uh, many hands make light work which is something i say all the time um i don't know if it's because like my mom used to say it all the time but it's a phrase that's very common it was common vernacular uh back when i was a kid and so I've sort of I always say many hands make light work. It was interesting to hear it from
0: Arthur's dad. but I really love how mom immediately knows that that this is a bad idea like she's she's like, honey, I don't know and just immediately she knows your kids well enough to know that they cannot coexist enough to clean uh, their own rooms, let alone each other's so but Dad is insistent and asks them to just try it. And when you said many hands make light work, Arthur has an idea that kind of emboldens Dad. It's like he imagines himself with, like, six arms doing different tasks.
1: Yeah, like Vishnu Arthur or something. Or, like,
0: uh, Neogenic Nightmare Arthur from <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, and then he's like, it does sound kind of cool. So that's, like, a somewhat implicit agreement with what Dad said. Um. So the rest of the episode is them cleaning their... R- cleaning their rooms and getting into high along the way. Um, and of course the big argument here is that neither of them kind of understand how important either's possessions are to them. So they have different ways of approaching it. Like DW keeps taking stuff out of, out of storage. So essentially making more for them to clean. Like she takes out, uh, Arthur's light bulb costume and his moon boots. So we get another appearance of those, uh, season one artifacts, Actually, this the this, this whole sequence is kind of
1: it. It serves a very similar purpose as the clip show episode we lot watched last time, um, where it's just like, oh, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? But this is the right way to do it, because it recontextualizes a lot of these objects from past Arthur episodes in a way that makes the world feel more real and just adds to the continuity, as opposed to just being, like, literally showing us clips from previous episodes. This is kind of like a clip show done right, and it makes sense that it's the last episode of... Uh, the season because it's like oh remember all these things that happened in the past. Uh, the problem is I feel like the effect is cheapened because we so recently had a literal clip show. But yeah, there's all these great like uh, there's the
0: literal postcards from Buster that DW almost throws out. This is this is one of my favorite lines of this. It's um, uh, Arthur's like you can't throw those postcards away and DW's like Buddy's back now.
1: They, yeah, she's like what is, he's not famous or anything
0: yeah uh she almost throws away arthur's cookie bag with him and his friend's face on faces on it and he's like i want to keep it because my face is on it dw's like who would buy who would buy something with your face on it apparently not many people because i doubt it's still in production yeah we eventually we get into the fact that arthur has a bit of tendencies of a hoarder because dw is like can i please just throw this popsicle stick away and he's like no it's for my collection you don't have a Popsicle stick collection, Arthur. Not yet, but I might want to have one one someday. And it's that I might need them someday attitude that causes you to keep things way beyond you need them. Sometimes, like, I I fall into that sometimes, and then I need to kind of take a step back and be like, but do I feel like I ever really need this? Because, you know, uh, I, I feel Will, like...
1: Yeah. Will, you're talking to a guy who's not but two meters from a box filled with Nintendo Power magazines. <laughs>
0: That's kind of cool, though, and I so I think the other trap that I fall into, like, I have a box of VHS tapes, mostly wrestling, that I'll probably never watch, but the reason I keep them is, like, but I could probably make money off them someday. Ah. That's that, the old,
1: I'll buy this limited edition comic book because I'll make money off it someday.
0: Some, something like that, actually. It's an
1: investment. It's like Bitcoin.
0: Well, I mean, I got those VHS tapes for free, so... Oh, <laughs> that was that was when I thought I would actually watch them. That many many years ago, when I had a working VCR.
1: I should see. Him. At this point, uh, DW should have just like went up to Arthur and been like, "Arthur, with all these popsicle sticks, there's not enough room for Arthur in here." <laughs> uh,
0: there's a there's a part here where DW finds a note from Francine in one of Arthur's books, and she's taunting him. And while while she's doing that, Arthur is pulling out the sword from the uh from the medieval fair that he went to so he became king of the medieval fair and they let him keep the sword yeah that's crazy that's awesome how either that sword is really rinky dink and cheap or they're just a very generous medieval fair it looked it looked pretty weighty to me when he was taking it out of the stone uh and so dw is taunting him of just like she thinks it's a love note from Francine, but Arthur's just like, D- it's just like, don't remember, don't forget to bring your softball glove tomorrow for the big game. And then DW's like, Arthur and Francine. Arthur loves Francine. <laughs> and again, something that really only matters when you're a little kid, getting taunted that somebody likes you or you like somebody. Nowadays, I look at this and I'm just like, boy, I wish I got love notes. I wish people liked me. <laughs> Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> um, but another thing is that Arthur's response is also, like, very funny because he just kind of screams. Yeah, he just goes, Mom! <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, and, like, that. that's the end. Like, they both have the end of their ropes, and they reach it when they scream for Mom. It's always mm-hmm. Mom, that poor Mom Reed. Uh, so Dad kind of comes back, and they agree that they won't bother each other for the rest of of how the cleaning goes we get a quick little montage and they finally finish cleaning arthur's room and arthur's ready to go but no they've got to clean dw's room now so he starts to get to it double time but the problem with arthur is that he's got a lot of uh, like a lot of garbage and like wants to keep a lot of it and he just has things a certain way dw is very much the same except hers kind of reminds me of my OCD a little bit of like you can't put these animals next to this animal the like you can't put the hippo next to the monkey he'll squish her or like all of my dolls yeah. clothes have to go on these tiny little uh plastic hooks
1: and that's actually Arthur's breaking point is when she busts out the tiny plastic hooks to put the tidy doll clothes on, because she we have this great shot of her holding up this tiny coat hanger up to, in front of Arthur's face, and Arthur like just can't take it anymore. Yeah,
0: and uh, it, Arthur just piles all of like not just the doll clothes, but like DW's clothes into the open the open up barn that she has. Uh, the fluffy unicorn barn, or whatever it is, and then uh, that's what she was. Fun callback. That's
1: what she was storing her clothes in when she was trying to run away. Oh, I think, even yeah. in the first season,
0: that's right. Uh, and he slams at clothes and looks at her and just goes, "They're put away," and that's her breaking point. I just loved. I just loved the finality of Arthur just saying, "They're put away." Mom and Dad come to the room again because, again, they're very much at odds. Arthur's getting antsy because he's missing Happy Crazy Wow Day. Or as he says, Happy Crazy Whatever-It-Is-Day. And at this point, DW just gives in and says, Can I just clean my room by myself? I don't want Arthur Arthur touching my things. Uh, So it seems pretty self-serving at that point, but Arthur's going to take it and go to Happy Crazy Wow Day. We do get a little message from DW before he goes out of the top top three reasons why arthur shouldn't clean her room uh numbers one and three is he has cooties and the other reason is because uh she doesn't want him to feel sad that he missed his thing but mostly it's because he has cooties see again another thing from childhood cooties
1: this episode it's a weird ending no like what is the moral here
0: well we're almost we're almost at the end there it's Arthur does eventually go to Happy Crazy Wow day. there's a bunch of activities like Arthur's on a trampoline they take juggling lessons uh, yeah just kind of a fun fair and then uh, everybody asks him why he was almost late and he gets ready to blame it on DW but then he admits that it was his fault he should have cleaned his room uh, when he had the time and then Oliver Frensky makes a brief cameo. And asks for their help cleaning up the park, which looks pretty trashed considering. And uh, and he again uses many hands make light work. And uh, he says, "Working together will make the job go a lot faster." Matthew's like, yeah, so I've heard, which seems like a weird message of like, say, like almost refuting the many hands make light work, uh, saying which I mean I find is pretty much true.
1: I mean, I, so to me, wait, this episode seems like it speaks to an ultra-specific experience. Yeah. Where like some writer had two kids and was like, "Please work together," and then realized that it took longer for the two kids to work together than to do it by themselves. Because you know, as someone who has to clean professionally from time to time, uh, I could I swear by the many hands make light work doctrine. Uh, it takes much longer to do it by yourself. Uh, but I can see how, like, little kids would make it take way, way, way longer. So that's why I feel like it's based on some... Like, I feel like the dad is a self-insert character. Um, and, like, this situation actually did play out. Uh, because otherwise, it's like, what is it? what are you trying to tell the kids? Like, you'll get things done faster if you work by yourself than if you work with someone else?
0: Yeah, it's a weird one. It's, it's definitely a lot more situational of just... This is how DW and Arthur react to this. It's not exactly a uh, life lesson that echoes through the ages or anything like that. And now, a word from us kids.
1: And now, a word from
0: us kids.
1: buys I- a catch of the fish. Isa buys a sailor. Well,
0: <laughs> oh man, that, that was a uh, that's been a while since I've heard that one. Uh, all the way back in elementary music class. <laughs> eyes the by that builds the boat. Eyes the by that sails her. <laughs> anyway, look it up, kids. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a Newfie. It's a Newfoundland uh, uh, tune. It's a Newfoundland we're, tune. Excuse me. A, a sea shanty, a if sea you will. A shanty, yes. We're, we're, we're porting
1: live from the Ratlin Bog, and we're here on a boat.
0: Yeah, this one seemed, I remember when I was a kid, like, I immediately understood this because uh, Lucas and I, we live on a on a city that's very much by the sea, uh, and I'm sure, Lucas, I'm going to go on a, on a limb and say you probably had a school uh, outing to, like, the Blue Nose or uh, to a- The to tall a, ships, The tall perhaps? ships, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we've been around boats in one way or another almost our whole lives, and this is- Uh, class of kids learning how a ship works. They're on the schooner Ernestina and uh, so they learn about uh, how to swab the deck how to make the bunks up uh, what kind of how a ship works and everything. It looks like a pretty cool day. These class trips kind of seem like a
1: little bit of a scheme to get free child labor though. (laughs) Like it's less like seeing how things work and then being like we're swabbing the poop deck. We're cleaning the mess hall. Yeah. We're cleaning these bathrooms
0: yeah the, like
1: they're just kind of cleaning everything the
0: swabbing the deck thing like they're cleaning the galley and it's just like yeah you just kind of needed that to be done didn't you
1: they're like we're making the beds
0: <laughs> hmm. hmm anyway there's that
1: part where they're po- the ho- they're hoisting the main sail though and that looks pretty fun yeah
0: Yeah, it just looks like a fun day. There's not really a whole lot to it in terms of, like, the message of the episode, other than, like, they're working together. So I guess refute
1: now, thinking about it, yeah, it just kind of refutes the message of the
0: episode again. Hmm. Right. Uh, (laughs) And that's that's about it. And now, back to Arthur! Uh, Before we get into the final story of Arthur Season 3, there's a couple things that I apologize. I think I meant to write down to talk about at the beginning of the episode. But uh, we'll get into them right now. Uh, first of all, over on our Twitter, at ECL Podcast, you remember on the last episode, Lucas, we were talking about uh, bagged milk? Yes. So uh, our follower on Twitter, uh, Johnny Griswold, at jgrizz 92 uh, talked about bagged milk. It is not a thing in the U.S. Must be a Canadian storyboard. And he has a point here. Uh, the animation company that does i believe it's seasons one to five at least is Cinar, which is based out of canada interesting Inter- that's so
1: odd though because i and i know there's little references to canada here and there on arthur like there's one famous one i always remember where buster's like at a clothing store and he pulls out a jacket it's got a big canada flag on it and stuff like that but uh It's so funny because, like, if you were American and you saw that milk spill, it wouldn't even look like milk to you. You'd have no idea what's going on. So it's interesting that they picked a bag of milk to represent the
0: milk instead of a carton. Also, Johnny wanted to make sure that we knew the joke about the weather in Nova Scotia changing every half hour is also used for Chicago. So milk in a bag is uniquely Canadian, but that joke is certainly not. Oh, that's interesting. I very much want to go to
1: Chicago, so... Uh, That's good to hear that they share our weather-based sense of humor. Uh, The weather was really flip-flopping and crazy here in Nova Scotia last week, and it it made me recount on my Twitter, uh, I I used to have a class with a uh, classmate from Cameroon, and when I asked him what was the biggest difference between Nova Scotians and people from Cameroon, he said that Nova Scotians talk about the weather all day, every day, and people from Cameroon almost never talk about the weather because it's always
0: the same. The other thing that we didn't talk about, and it was big news uh, just a few days ago, or and by big news I mean it went very viral. Uh, it's been said the last, uh, I, I say year or so, the joke is, is that pop singer... John Legend. Oh, my gosh. Uh, How did did we forget to talk about this off the top, Uh, especially considering all the Kanye stuff going on? John Legend's a huge part of that whole thing. John Legend looks a lot like Arthur. And in a recent commercial for, I believe it was the iPhone? Uh oh, close. It was. I think it's a Google Pixel. Oh, I see. Uh in in a phone in a phone commercial at the end of it, uh, John Legend dresses up like Arthur. He's got the yellow sweater, he's got the jeans and the brown shoes, and he makes the uh the Arthur fist. Mm-hmm. So that that meme um, that meme's still tracking in 2018. I thought maybe it had lost steam. Chrissy Teigen even goes Arthur
1: yeah. into the uh, the call. Um, <laughs> that's the the best thing to come out of all of this Kanye stuff is me finally following Chrissy Teigen on on uh, Twitter because uh, she has by far, and I know I'm not the first person to say this, but I can't recommend it highly enough. By far, the best celebrity Twitter going.
0: I see I see her tweets around uh, a fair amount, and most of them are either pretty funny or uh, very very. Uh, I I guess can I can I use the term tea-spelly? Is that uh, oh my goodness sp- spilling yes film the tea <laughs> is, is that what the kids say nowadays
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah Chrissy uh, regardless Chrissy
1: right. John Legend uh, John Legend seems like he's a great guy
0: yeah that's 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 cool that he was able to kind of make fun of himself and get paid wildly for it so you know it's uh, it's a win-win for old Johnny Legend uh, okay so this is Arthur the long dull winter. And uh, Arthur is having a day where the time seems to pass very, very slowly. Like the episode starts in Mr. Ratburn's class and then literally like slows down as if you were uh, as if you were spinning a record manually on a record player or if you just uh, put your YouTube video to 0.5 speed.
1: So I I was looking at my phone when this was happening and I literally thought my video the playback of my video had screwed up and it was at 1.5 speed which I wonder can you speed up a YouTube video? Yes. Oh my goodness, what does that episode the start of that episode sound
0: like when you speed it up? It probably it's like normal speed. I don't know if it ch- How? I I I don't think it changes like So when you slow it down or speed it up it just it's just the pace of the dialogue. I don't think it actually like, it doesn't make it grow a whole lot slower. Like, that that effect doesn't happen. You would have to, like, uh, do that and, like... You would have to edit it that way. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Arthur, like, the, the clock is going by. Like, seconds are... T- like, one second takes, like, 30 seconds and all this kind of stuff. And Arthur just asking, has this ever happened to you? And I knew right away that this episode... Uh, you know we we talked about with Arthur and TW cleanup how there's a lot of things of like oh when you were a kid it was like this and all this and this kind of stuff but boy, this was relatable AF the Arthur episode
1: <laughs> I know I was like, wait a minute is this an Arthur episode about seasonal depression Yeah
0: I wrote that down too. <laughs> talking about times he's been bored like watching mary moo cow with uh or like he hasn't been this bored since watching mary moo cow with dw and it's like this an inane uh mary moo cow clip where she's talking about three fuzzy cuddly kittens and then arthur even ends the cold open by saying what's wrong with me so i was a little concerned but i was also i was also feeling this hardcore
1: I had uh, flashbacks to when we were watching Cyber Chase. Uh, when we we're, were watching DW, watching the Barry Boo Cat show, when they're like, there's three kittens. Three.
0: Count them. One, two, three. Three kittens. Multiplying by three is just adding three to three. It is? Oh.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh,
0: so Arthur's seasonal depression is carrying over into the episode itself, and he's trying to figure out. What exactly is wrong with him? Francine thinks that she has the answer, and this is this is great. She just goes up to Arthur, and he's like, "What? What's the matter?" And she says, "You're in love." And Arthur vehemently uh, denies this. And Francine's taunting is really funny. She's just like, "Say the name. Say the name." And then Arthur. She
1: sounds like she sounds like ja- uh, Homer in that one Treehouse of Horror episode where he's like, "Give me the bat. Give me the bat." Like she's just like cornering Arthur, being like, "Say the name, say the
0: name." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then her, and then Arthur like walks away from her, furious, and she's like, "Ha, got his swing." So it was a, it was all a ruse. It was all a Death Note style ruse. Um, Arthur's walking past Binky, who's trying to get three of the girls from his class to uh, put him up on the seesaw, which is a pretty funny visual gag, and then. Uh, or, uh, Binky offers him his apple because uh, <laughs> my mom says that an, that not enough roughage can make you cranky, which is uh, which is true. Uh, you need to get some roughage in your diet: apples, grains, corn. It's all good for your digestive system, kids. And then Binky
1: is espousing sort of that kind of tumbler wisdom when it comes to depression, <laughs> as in uh, drink water, go for a walk, eat roughage.
0: Go to, yeah, go to uh, go, go go to bed if you need to. Uh, go to bed.
1: And then Arthur responds with, "I'm not cranky."
0: You want to you want to is... you want to talk about relatable <laughs> AF, like I've said that exact thing to people before. Like in that exact <laughs> same tone of voice or like That's funny. I remember what I remember once in community college like uh I think I think somebody like kind of jokingly called me a little cranky and I and I just went back to them, "No, I'm affable." So I'm affable. Uh I'm not always cranky, but I am sometimes. So I I feel this way a lot too. Arthur is, this is really getting his goat and he's trying to figure it out. And there's a scene where he and his friends kind of also feel out of sorts. Like Buster says he doesn't feel like eating. Brain doesn't feel like doing equations. Uh, (laughs) Arthur even asks, remember when we used to be, how happy we used to be? This episode just like kept cutting me like a knife. It's oh my goodness like t- gracious. T- like t- t- to pardon the expression, this is the name of the song. They are too damn young to feel this damn old. <laughs> uh, but that gets them onto the topic of uh, TV specials, how there hasn't been one in a while. And they cite a couple of them here. I wrote down the titles uh, Harry Mary's Scary Halloween Arama Boo, which kind of reminded me of uh, Boo, a Medea Halloween, just in terms oh of the my title. Goodness.
1: It reminded me of um, uh, Eric Andre's New Year's Spooktacular.
0: <laughs> How is that?
1: Oh, it's great. It's the
0: season one finale. They have the, the hour-long New Year's special. Oh, my God. That sounds great. <laughs> a, a brain says, A Blunderbuss Thanksgiving, which seems to be kind of like Swiss Family Robinson or uh, – oh, what's that other show? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. Little House in the Prairie. That's it. So kind of like colonial times. And, uh, and Arthur says, the kid who got clothes for Christmas, which is clearly a Charlie Brown knockoff, right down to the shirt. It's just Charlie Brown as a little puppy dog. And, uh, the kid who got clothes for Christmas, and then Buster
1: responding with, uh, that's the saddest story I ever heard. Uh, it was great! That joke
0: always killed in my household. My parents loved that one. Yeah, uh... There's there's a lot of humor in this that ages very well. Like, I wrote down a lot of lines. Um, Like, Arthur finally figures out what is wrong. Uh, He says, that's what's wrong with us. And Buster says, we're not sad enough? (laughs) And uh, Buster likens the feeling of their kind of seasonal malaise. He says, it's like being dead, but with more homework. (laughs) Which sounds pretty awful. But then Arthur's conclusion is that they need to think up a new holiday to fill the gaps between holidays. So, I mean, and he's not wrong. Winter in January is historically an awful time of the year. See, I can't relate. Your boy's
1: got a birthday in February. It's all good, baby. But I go from Christmas, wait a month, and then it's the birthday but it, season. But it's, a, but it's that
0: one month that's the killer. It It can really sap oh your energy. God. Ah, I don't know. As, I'm
1: just looking forward to the 18th, counting down the days. Like new Year's behind me. You get the New Year's.
0: You know, New Year, New Me. I ride that high till the 18th. Let's go. As Red Letter Media would say, F you, it's January. <laughs> That's right. F you,
1: it's January.
0: Uh. So Arthur and Buster are brainstorming how to get their new holiday across. Buster says his mom uh, can write an article in the paper if they manage to think of one. They're, th- they're talking about this while watching a movie that seems to be just kind of – uh, stock clips of things happening it's like are
1: they watching Koyanakotsky?
0: kotsky <laughs> koyana yeah maybe you
1: koyana Skotsky? like are they watching baraka like <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems <laughs> it seems to be an art film that somehow made it to a uh, a popular regional theater and Maybe this this says
1: more about my sense of humor than it says about the episode. But this might have been my favorite part of the episode is that they're watching this movie and it's like again it the first thing that popped into my head was it's like they're it's like kids watch if you showed Kieschnick to a kid what would they say about it and they say uh, I think they turn to each other and go do you understand what's going on in this movie
0: and he's like nope and then Arthur's like. It's like, me neither. Let's go tell everyone. And Buster says, why do you want to tell everyone we don't understand the movie? And he's like, no, about the, about the holiday idea. And I, I thought that was funny. Uh, we get another funny line as we go to the sugar bowl for the next scene. Uh, Francine says, Arthur, that's the greatest idea you'll ever have. So Arthur peaked early at age eight. <laughs> uh, so they have kind of broken up ideas for a holiday, but they just don't know how to put it together. So Arthur decides to go around and ask if Elwood City has ever had anything really special happen. Uh, he goes to Grandma Thora, and she talks about how when she was little, the Graf Zeppelin used to fly over the town. Which, to be fair, I think like Arthur's like, was there a big battle or anything? And Grandma Thora's like, no, it just flew over. But that's still like pretty cool. I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a blimp in real life. To be honest with you.
1: I've always loved that joke, too, about, like, I have a, it's, like, such a great old person story yeah. of Arthur's expecting this exciting thing, and it's like the Zeppelin would fly over, and everyone would look at it.
0: Uh, so, Arthur's not exactly convinced that that's something to make a holiday about, but then DW pipes up with her idea, Pony Day. <laughs> now, I've got to believe, you and I, we worked in radio for a little while, and uh, I'll go out in a limb and, and say that the both of us, we... Whenever there would be a day where you are kind of light on things to talk about on the air, all you got to do is go to the prep website and see what bogus holiday is today. You know what, That's I, right. you know what I mean? And I got to believe by this point, due to the radio industry alone, that there is a pony day out there.
1: Uh, Something about jokes where you just say words with pony in them over and over again always hits. Like, this moment reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld where uh, Jerry's like, I hate anyone who had a pony. And the one lady's like, I had a pony. What's wrong with having a pony? And he's like, I didn't know she'd have a pony. Ah!" Like... People saying the word pony over and over again never ceases to be funny. So uh, DW's incessant repeating of Pony Day, Pony Day, Pony Day. (laughs) I got a really big kick out of it.
0: That's good. It's one of of those words that just kind of tickles you the right way. So we get a couple of separate ideas from the kids about what their holiday should be. And these are pretty fun. Uh, Buster, his idea is called Give Me Candy Day. And but what he really means is give me Buster Baxter candy day where people where kids dress up in Halloween costumes, ring his doorbell and give him candy. And then once, once he's eaten all he wants, then he'll share the candy with all the little children. And it just shows... But- uh, that's, the, that's the best part is when
1: people are like, that's kind of selfish. It just means giving it to you. And he goes, his delivery, when he's like, no, because when I've had my fill, I give it away to all the little children.
0: And he's like a million pounds by that point. He's like busting out of his jacket. Uh, so a pretty shallow holiday, but it was a nice try. Uh, Francine's idea is a lot more musical. Hers is Nothing to Do Today Day. In fact, it takes the, uh, it takes the, uh, form of a song that you would watch on a holiday special. You turn on the TV, and here's our music video. And it's Francine singing, uh, this song. And this is my favorite one of the ones that are, uh, suggested. Um, her idea essentially boils down to, uh, You know, you can just pretty much do whatever you want on nothing to do today, day. You could go to sleep, run and play. Oh, there's nothing to do, nothing to do today, day. But the best part of this whole thing is that the music video that Francine makes is completely about her. She's in every (laughs) shot. Her image is used when she's not on screen. She's playing all the instruments. She's singing. It's so egotistical, but it's very endearing as well.
1: Speaking of John Legend, the uh, this song reminded me of the John Legend song from La La Land, where Ryan Gosling like he's like oh, he's like I only love the old jazz. I don't want to do any jazz fusion. And then he joins John Legend's band where they p- perform the jazz fusion song. It sounds like the Nothing to Do Today song. You find uh, a little bit, a little bit.
0: Okay, maybe I just got John Legend on the brain. <laughs> uh, there's even a part where like all the kids are lined up in a. Uh they're all lying down in an image of Francine's face singing (laughs) that I I thought that was really cool anyway very funny uh and Francine and Buster kind of argue about whose holiday is better as Arthur excuses himself uh Brain's suggestion is Igneous Rock Day
1: right because holidays usually uh are celebrating something from a long time ago and he says what lasts longer than Igneous Rock
0: which is, I mean, it's a fair point. It's just it doesn't have a lot of zaz to it. Uh, Binky approaches Arthur about his idea with a great line. He says, uh, "Hey Arthur, about this whole holiday scheme you got cooking up." And Arthur's like, "It's not a scheme."
1: <laughs> just oh, yeah, Binky's so great in this episode. He sure is uh, because so Binky's idea is uh, far, what is the specific name of the holiday?
0: Well, it's uh, we get to it at the end. Uh, he ends up calling it Garshmalterer. Oh, right, Garshmalter, which uh, is fireworks all the time,
1: essentially, uh, even during the daytime. And when Arthur says, but you can't see fireworks at the daytime, Binky, he goes, yes, but it would be so loud you wouldn't be able to hear Mr. Rapper teach the class. And when Arthur asks, well, wouldn't that be damaging to our ears? Binky goes, yeah, it'll be awesome.
0: <laughs> it's a very Binky idea, and it's... Uh... Not my favorite of the ones, but I I loved the way that he delivered it. So also, I love the way where after he gives his idea to
1: Arthur, he goes, "Think about it, my man."
0: <laughs> it's it's great. It's like it's like Binky's brokering like a mafia deal or something. I know, uh, making Arthur an offer he can't refuse. Uh, finally. Arthur meets up with everybody at the Sugar Bowl for an emergency meeting. Everybody's kind of got their idea of what the holiday should be about, and they're all conflicting with each other. But Arthur brings them together uh, because the holiday should be about celebrating something that is important to everybody. He he asked the philosophical question, isn't it still your birthday even if you don't get cake and presents? To kind of direct everybody away from you know getting things or receiving things, that kind of stuff. When he asks that question, it goes over to Buster, and... And he's like biting his lip as if he's afraid to even think of the question. It's awesome. It's a great reaction. (laughs) They eventually uh, decide to buckle down and make a great holiday. And Francine kind of offhandedly says, I can't believe this all started because Arthur thought he was in love. And then Muffy goes, love? And we see the sugar bowl putting up decorations for Valentine's Day and a quote-unquote actual holiday that is due to happen very soon. So everybody uh, says the dry spell is over. We've got to go buy Valentine's things before it gets away from them. So they don't need a new holiday. They've got one in the pipeline right now. And finally, DW comes into the Sugar Bowl to find Arthur, and she's got a newspaper in her hands, and guess what? Slow news day, sweep city, pony day is front page news. Nice. (laughs) Nice. The final, the final wrap up of this episode and this season goes to Binky. It's not quite as poignant as Arthur's the New Year episode, but it's it's still a pretty feel good ending where he comes in and Arthur's like, we didn't, we weren't able to uh, to make uh, a holiday together, and Binky's like, don't worry about it. Now you've got a whole another year to think of one, or some something to that effect. And this is where he gives him a like a muffin or a cupcake for uh, Garshmelterer. Yeah, happy Garshmelterer. Which. I said before, wasn't my favorite idea, but Binky, because Binky's still got the, it's still very firework centric, but then the other part of his, his pitch is free soft pretzels.
1: I'm in. Oh my
0: gosh. I'm yes. in. It's like pretzel, that pretzel day episode of the office. Yeah. Soft pretzels are awesome and I will eat them at any opportunity. So free soft pretzels. That's how you get me on the Gar train. Hmm. And there you go. That's it for Arthur season three. As we leave it, let's uh, let's rewind it back and uh, talk about this episode. So, uh, Arthur and DW, clean up. What'd you think? I again, like,
1: I, I liked aspects of the episode. I it's very entertaining, but I have problems with the ending. Just in in the case that I. It seems like it's trying to tell a moral, but it's really more just kind of like a slice of life episode where there isn't really a lesson to be learned. It's just like, watch Arthur and D.W. not get along, and then they'll work through it, and and this is what it's like to be a kid. Um, but it's c- kind of presented as there's a moral to the story, which there really isn't unless the moral truly is. It can be difficult to work with other people, and so just like do something by yourself. Uh, besides that, like, again, pretty inconsequential episode. Didn't dislike it, and I think it it goes by quickly enough.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, it kind it kinda, it comes and it goes, and, uh, it just kinda, it just kinda is. There's some fun parts there, too, but, uh, to say that there's any, like, a special substance of this episode is not really true. It seems like there's going to be at some points, but... There isn't really, but that's... A... I also think this episode's
1: hurt by the fact that the last episode we watched was a clip show, and all the nostalgic elements of this episode would have hit way harder had that not been the case.
0: I think you made a great point about how the the, the clip show aspects of this episode actually did better than the last one. I think that's... I didn't even pick up on that, but if, you, if you'd kind of spun them together and maybe not made an actual clip show, but like had Arthur literally dig up memories while he's cleaning his room. That would actually be, be kind of cool. And maybe have left DW's perfect wish to its own episode. But either way, it's, it's kind of whatever. I will say that I feel a lot stronger about the long, dull winter. Uh, it's, I, I, I know that not all of these Arthur episodes are going to hit for me as an adult, but the ones that do, uh, do so in a way that I never could have imagined at nine years old, watching the, watching it for the first time. Just Arthur and his friends dealing with seasonal depression and then uh, going through all the ideas for a new holiday. It was pretty compelling. I thought that uh, there was a lot of imagination to this episode. Um, the, uh, surprisingly relatable, as I've said a few times. And uh, a nice sentiment there at the end where Arthur really has his head on straight. About why holidays matter. It's not about what you get or what you give. It's about celebrating something important and being there with your family and friends. So I I really liked this episode, and there was and it was really funny. There was a lot of really good lines in here too. A lot of great deliveries. It was just a it's a great note to go out on.
1: Yeah, I I could totally see this episode making my top five for the season. I really enjoyed it as well. Even as someone who doesn't really struggle with something like seasonal depression, I still think, uh, even though I don't necessarily relate to that experience, it's a very, very funny and creative episode. Uh, Little details, like there's so many great character moments in this episode, like when Arthur's sort of walking along and he meets Binky on the seesaw— Some other episodes of Arthur, they could just have, like, Binky be standing on the street, and it's like, oh, there's Binky. But they use this as an opportunity to do a funny little character segment where it's like, oh, Binky's, like, balancing all these other people at the Seesaw because he's big. But it's, like, fun for Binky. And he's like, oh, eat your roughage, which is not something you'd expect Binky to say. And then Arthur has that great moment where he's like, I'm not cranky. Like, this episode is a bunch of little moments like that that sort of add up to an even better whole and so I really got a kick out of it. except for like when they're watching that movie in the theater, they could have been watching just like some Bugs Bunny, uh, Bugs Bunny, excuse me. some Bionic Bunny movie. Uh, but they added in that little joke of them watching the experimental film. So I loved all the little details of this episode. And I think you hit the nail on the head by saying it ties it all up in a nice bow with Binky and Arthur sort of reflecting on the season that was and saying like, Oh, uh, we did stuff this year and you have a whole year to think up this new holiday. Um, I just thought it was a really, it shows uh an ensemble episode at their best where they give every character a little moment like everyone has a little idea uh and they all kind of hit fairly well but it also all adds up to something larger so i thought it was a really effective funny episode
0: great point uh ensemble episodes in arthur are a little bit hit and miss this was definitely a hit as you said well that's it. Season three is in the books, which means, as we kind of alluded to before, it's time for us to talk about our uh, our top five and our bottom five. But uh, we'll be doing that in a separate episode all its own to celebrate the end of season three. What a time it was. And now we will be moving into season four. From here on, the Arthur seasons are getting a lot shorter. Next uh, season, I believe all the seasons going forward are our 10 episodes this one was i believe either 12 or 15 so we will be getting through the seasons a bit quicker and uh, we'll have to make our judgments uh just as quickly as we end off this episode just want to remind you that uh, there are lots of ways to keep in contact with us uh on social media i'll just run through them uh facebook.com slash elwood city limits thank you to everybody who has given us a like over there if you haven't yet please do at ECL Podcast, over 150 followers. Keep them coming, please. Uh, if you were following us on Twitter uh, last week, you could see our interaction with the developers of Hitman.
1: Hmm, I saw that. That's, uh, that's one of my all-time favorite Twitter posts by us where uh, IO Interactive uh, sort of defends uh, Agent 47 saying he would never take out dw
0: that's right check it out on at ecl podcast elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com send us an ask over there you can also send us an email Limits at gmail.com uh we and of course you can find us at elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com that's our website l-i-b-s-y-n we're also available on apple music Apple Podcasts, excuse me and on Google Play and finally uh, thank you as well to our patrons over at patreon.com Elwood city limits if you want to say thanks that's a great way to do it Lucas our first foray into season four I don't wanna I don't want to undersell this it's a big one
1: it's oh a, my goodness. it's a big one
0: so we've talked about today how uh, the the Arthur fist meme. Is still oh, big. It's still tracking. My gosh, Will! So it's time to strike while the iron's hot. Next episode, it's DW's library card followed by Arthur's big hit.
1: Oh, that's what the episode's called. Oh my goodness! Little did they
0: know, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to set set off some time in that episode because we are going to get into it. The Arthur fist meme and everything in between it's gonna be it's gonna be a big one the big one to start off season four wouldn't have it any other way so whether you hear us next with our opinions on season three or whether you hear us when we're starting season four we hope that you will join us then my name's Will Young for Elwood City Limits and for Lucas Mancini uh, I'll just go with think about it my man We will see you next time in Season 4. Get those fists clenched and ready to go. Oh, my gosh.